0: Radio and this is episode forty six. PVP is tearing us apart. So, uh, in interest
1: right. of group cohesion, I shall not say anything about the announcer voice this time.
0: Okay, all right, let's move on then. Uh, we've got a uh, that was two hard. Guests. Yeah, it was. God it was damn. So, hard. Um, so we have two uh, guests with us here, uh, Dan and uh, Cody. Here, to um, which shall, of you shall I pass the mic first? But first off, we uh, before we get started, on that um, oh, RJ, yeah, so don't let them talk yet. Well. We are. I already recorded a segment with RJ talking about the new features of the RPPR forums and some of our new support for the RPPR community to play online tabletop games over Skype, Play by Post, IRC, all that fun stuff. So uh, we'll uh, take a listen to that right now, and then uh, we'll be back in a second. So, all right, and uh, we have RJ with us to talk about the RPPR forums. Uh, specifically our new play-by-post uh, section. So, uh, RJ, why don't you go ahead and tell us about all the new uh, improvements for the uh, forms.
2: Okay. Um, hi. Again, I'm RJ. Uh, you're starting to see me in, in some of the the actual play-by-post, you know, things. Um, what's going on is that we're creating a sort of new play-by-post arena. Uh, there has been a play-by-post arena, but it was uh, been a little anemic um, by uh, certain standards in terms of everyone was kind of in the same boat and everyone was in the same page. And I, uh, was, have been a long time play by post gamer. I was on a site called GroovyGamers.com, which, uh, was very similar to what I have set up. Um, right now. Um, it was very active for three or four years. It literally had hundreds of games active on it at all time. And I was a moderator there for over a year. Um, So, what I'm trying to do is bring a little of that here, but with the sort of the RPPR flavor to it. So, um, I'm sure you guys have noticed the changes by now, that that now we have two subcategories under... Uh, the RPG section and the role-playing public radio podcast section and the general chaos section, and that's the play-by-post arena, which is a place where we can talk about play-by-post as well as recruit for games, and then there's going to be a section of recruitment archives so that once, for example, you've recruited for a game, uh, and so that's not taking up space and cluttering up space, we'll just kick that over to the archives. And then under that, we have active games, um, right now, we have it separated by types of games, and then under that, each individual game will get its own child board and space. Um, we're looking at possibly adjusting that. There may be some adjustments that come to that in the near future. But for right now, the setup that we've got is you'd, if, if you were running a Dungeons & Dragons game, and let's say uh, Clockwork Joe is, is running a, a Dungeons & Dragons game, New World Play-By-Post. Uh, you would click on Dungeons and Dragons 4E and then there'd be a couple of different child boards and you'd see the one that it said Clockwork Joes, you know, New World uh, New World Order, blah, 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 blah. So then uh, you'd click on that um, and, and there you would be. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to give you guys some tools and I'm going to be talking and posting more about this uh, in the forums in the future. But... Uh, what will end up happening is once you've gotten your recruitment underway and you are happy with it, then you can either PM myself or um, any of the other moderators who will just kick that, that PM over to me. And what I will do is I will create for you that child board. Um, and so far the only working example up is in the other RPGs in Miscellaneous, and that's a Dresden Files game, which you can go take a look at if, if you want. And there is a, uh, a thread in the re- in the recruitment board child board, um, called campaign forum requests. If you'll go in there, it's very explicit about, um, you know, how to ask for that. And so what you would do is you, you would follow the posting directions there, uh, give me the the game name and then the system that it's under and a little description, any child boards you might need. And you might be thinking, why do I need child boards of child boards? Well, think of the top level, you know, the game name description as as sort of your main hub, and then each of those little child boards as areas to sort of separate things. I found after years and years of of this that it makes more sense to have, like, a separate area for out-of-character stuff and a separate area for any bookkeeping type stuff, character sheets, things of that nature. And you can separate that however you want. And then one area that is all the in-character stuff. And so... What we're also going to do above and beyond that is each of you will have uh, not administrative privileges, mind you, but moderator level privileges just over your unique child board. And what that will allow you to do is you'll be able to um, go in and move threads around. Let's say you're the kind of person that's super organized. And so one of your child boards on your forum is an archive section. So you're only having a couple of threads active in your in-character area. Well, when those threads are closed or when you're done with them, you can move them into the archives. Or if someone accidentally posts something around so that you're not bugging us and it's taken days to get done, you can just go ahead and do that that yourself. And how you would do that is, is when you were logged in, uh, you could just modify that that post and, and move it to someplace that it needed to move to. It's very, very easy to do. Um... But then the other thing that we want to do is sort of bring this, this sense of community to it. Um, I've been a little lax on it. I, I do have a lot on my plate at the moment in real life, so to speak. But we're going to be um, posting some discussions on what makes for good play-by-post versus what makes for good tabletop, what the differences are, how to run a play-by-post game. I've actually been talking to some old friends of mine, uh, long-time play-by-posters as well, and they're going to write some articles for us. Um, and and we're just gonna, we're going to get this going. I don't expect that we're going to see some sort of huge influx where we're going to have hundreds of games on the forums and it's just going to be this, this massive thing. This is for you guys. This is for, you know, we've developed, uh, and, and I'm a late comer to it by, by, by all means, but uh, there is a a sense of community here and it, um, it makes sense to give you guys a, a space to play together. And I know Ross is looking at running some Skype games here over the summer and, and that can tie in with the play by post. I mean, there's all kinds of things we can do. but you know uh, Ross and I and Cody and Dan and Tom, you know we all game together often. Um, but we, we'd like to game with you just as much. and, and we'd like you guys to game with uh, with one another just as much. So that's especially order 66. I don't know. especially about you. Yeah. order 66. <laughs> um, so we're gonna we're, we're gonna get this going. And a lot of the infrastructure is already in place. And, and that kind of thing. And I'm not saying that it's not going to be altered, because let's say we only have five games going, then it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily, you know, behoove us to have uh, Dungeons and Dragons and one game in Dungeons and Dragons, we may just move those up a level. But for right now, just kind of getting the infrastructure in place so that you're, you're used to looking at you already note one time we, we had it set up, and it, it just didn't look like our PPR anymore. And so we kind of switch that around so that it, it, it's, you know, not so play by post heavy and everything sort of has its own space. It, so those kinds of, of gross structural changes may take place. Um, but the main purpose is, uh, is a, you know, giving a little place for everything and making sure that it doesn't spiral out of control. And um, if you guys have any questions, please feel to, to start some, some threads in, in the play by post area under resources and templates for those of you I know there's like a rogue trader game going on if you guys would like to move to a new more permanent expansive home you guys are free to do so the regular play by post thread it can continue as just as it do does but if you want to run you know a more separate game where, where you guys have control over these kinds of things um, that that's what this is all about this is about giving you guys those kinds of tools Um you know, talking about social contract. This is this is our social contract. You know, with right. you. So, um, you know, I, I'm sure there are other kinds of questions and 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 things of that. But this is just, uh, you know, State of the Union address, so to speak, on on this on this aspect. Uh, the The process is very simple. I, we're starting to get some templates and stuff posted, and there's recruitment post guidelines. Just follow those. I've been extremely impressed. With how everyone has has glommed onto that and the the response that you guys have given, it it looks great. Um, and then once your uh, recruitment has progressed to the point where you're ready to start, you know, creating a game, then then make a forum request and I will try and be on top of that within 24 to 48 hours at the most. Um, and if this does spiral into a thing where we've got 15 or 20 games, then maybe we can can take a look at making someone else. have, have some of these privileges. I'm about ready to the point in terms of how I've got this set up where I'm going to step back from my, as promised, step back from my, you know, gross administrator, (laughs) ah, you know, thousands of PowerPoints into, into something where I can just sort of have control over, um, not control, but moderation over this, uh, this area um but it's just been a matter of getting that infrastructure in place and and getting everyone where they need
0: to. one thing to mention um i know we already had one guy ask recruiting for irc game so this is like i mean it says play by post but also for skype irc exactly yeah
2: that's exactly what this this is you know maybe play by post isn't the right word for it maybe it's you know online it's rppr online tabletop online tabletop and that's that's what we're gonna that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. Um, I myself, you know, I, I've got all this. I'm moving, physically moving to a, to a new house in a couple of, in a week. Right. And then I'm going on vacation a week after that. So I, I'm a little under the wire in, in trying to get this down. And then uh, we've got a game going that's just, uh, you know, smashed through my expectations and already in 100 posts inside of 24 hours, which is <laughs> unheard of like i the groovy gamers website you know had hundreds of people active on it and hundreds of game active and the kind of response on that game would be at the height of this other website considered ginormous so i can already tell that this is going to be awesome because you guys have already responded in in that sort of way um and then the other thing is is you know uh there's something about play by post as a as a medium for for gaming that's very different. It's more collaborative fiction yeah. and, and it really goes into that social contract that you know we, we talk about and it, it really goes into uh, um, no um, sometimes no role-playing is better than good role-playing but but given that it's you're not at a table and you're not having to make split-second decisions you can take time to think about what you want to say and add in as much or as little detail as you want it is a definitely a different feeling so we're also going to be talking about that and there's a possibility there may be some more addresses like this uh in a play-by-post um podcast scenario but um yeah, you know that that's that's a different story. I'm sure in a
0: few months we'll probably do a whole episode on this. Yeah, right. once we've gotten you know feedback and all exactly. that. exactly.
2: Yeah, and and please, feedback is super important at this. stage. I mean, online tabletop
0: games. You know, once I get a couple Skype games under my belt and all that other junk too. So. Right. I
2: mean, this is like I said, this is for you guys. So if there's something that's not working or there's something that you want to change or or, or let us know and, and we'll open it up. Uh, this is this is very much a democratic. I know the joke is I've gotten power mad and maybe I have, but. Uh, <laughs> This this is, you know, it's for you guys. And it's for me. I, I admit, I, I, I like play by post gaming. So yeah. you know, um, seeing, you know, things as it were and you know, no no noticing that the play by post section had a thousand posts and every other section had five thousand posts. Yeah. And and seeing that, well, I know that we can do better. And yeah. uh we have already, already are doing better in that regard. So <laughs> cool. Very, very exciting. Um yeah. So, any questions you have, feel free to to throw them on the forum. Any templates, any articles you want to write about play by post, feel free to run them on the forums and and get your game ideas together. Run something. I guarantee you, you'll find someone to play it.
0: Yeah, so. that's true. All right, cool. And uh, so we'll be back with more RPPR in a second. Thank you. All right, and we're back. So I know you guys didn't listen to it, but, you know, it was RJ and I talking about Mostly RJ. I will pass it over to Dan. Yeah. Dan, uh, here's Ross,
1: clearly
3: having spoken before (laughs) you could say anything. Um, (laughs) Oh, hi, everyone.
0: Yes, there's Dan, and uh, he is Kuthin on the uh, uh, New World game and all that. So you have some news you'd like to share with the RPPR community, wouldn't you, Dan?
3: Yes, sad times, RPPR, RPPR. (laughs) He's drunk He's so distraught He can't even talk I know I'm so sad I am actually leaving No Yes Tom No (laughs) (laughs) I am leaving Southwest Missouri And and I'm actually moving out To San Diego Some people would say It's because my fan club Was not nearly supportive enough In all of my endeavors
0: Way to go RPPR fans All you Cody Leeches Out of the fans Whatever you want to call it um, uh, you know, you just driven Dan away. You just tore him apart. You tore you all tore me him. apart. So, um, so since you're going to be going to San Diego, though, um, if any of you are uh, out there in San Diego, San Diego or nearby, like to start a RPPR game, you want to do an RPPR meetup, right? So sure, yeah, I'll do that. All mm-hmm. right, so uh, we'll uh, have the details on the forums, uh, so we can start coordinating that and uh, uh, get forward with all that stuff. Because um, Dan's wanting to run his own game. Uh, do you have any idea what you're wanting to run first? Or whatever? I have
3: lots of things that I could run. With Dark yeah. Sun coming out this summer, I could run that yeah. pretty well. Got my own homebrew setting that I like to throw out every now and then. Um, also, uh, I could run another New World game if I absolutely, yeah. if that was absolutely demanded. Right, right. Um, and Bill and I have actually talked about doing our own spin off of The New World. And maybe if he and I can actually get down and write some notes Your about our verse, yeah, our own guidance verse
0: um that's uh, uh uh yeah, dark Sun, I know we're really excited about Dark Sun, Cody is just drooling over the uh, the release this summer, I'll be who wouldn Because uh, Dark Sun is pretty hardcore and badass, and but I think we're gonna we we decided on all thrycreen and Cannibal halfling party so we can you know team people eater. Um, in the uh, in that, so team long pig. yeah, team long pig. So, um, <laughs> that's a reference to people. If you're saying you're eating long pig, you're eating people. That's that's the joke there. But, and that um,
3: reference was for you, Patrick. Yeah, Patrick was, all all for was you. the only
0: one who got that in the uh, uh Massanira Lothotep game. Okay, um. Yeah, the anecdote wasn't cool. Said, yeah, give me some long pig and I'll
3: give you the information you want. Everyone's like, What the hell's that? Patrick was like, You son of a bitch. <laughs> and speaking of the Masks game, yeah. that's a pretty good segue, isn't it? Um yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we the topic for this is uh, uh mostly about uh adversarial gaming. Um we're going to be talking to, and you know, this sorta of came to mind when we uh we had some issues pro- po- uh, come up recently in the new world campaign trying to integrate RJ's character into the game um long term we're also going to be talking about long term campaigns mm-hmm. the differences between them a- and a normal one so i, I yeah. think we forgot to introduce someone at the table here oh uh, okay well there Cody if you can move your little sonic cup there um, it's it's
4: not a big deal i, mean, I wasn't upset or anything yeah. so um, um no i'm oh, i'm fine that's fine um no, well, hell, I'll take one. Just I'm getting up for it. Hold on. Oh, oh. oh. oh bromance. There's Bro a bromance hug. there. Yeah. Yes. It was everything I imagined. <laughs> a total bear hug. Oh, uh, beautiful. A bear um, swarm hug. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know you know what w- that
0: means. I like the, the Bear Swarm guys are just fine. I'm just like ah, uh, take that other podcast.
4: Uh, the Bear Swarm guys decided not to uh, play a baseball game with us, and so I don't know how oh, yeah. I feel about them. now Well, you were
0: wanting to use that weird
4: statistics game. No, actually, like I, I looked it over, and it, it's essentially like fantasy baseball. It's not like oh, okay. we're gonna have to like make up our own like baseball RPG or something like that. So, <laughs> or just use wushu or something like that. Yeah, you know? exactly. Uh, so right. some just anything but we we really need a a a good baseball game like a baseball crossover podcast game i think that'd be the funniest thing ever oh wow but, um and it's summertime so we have to do it and yeah, um, cuz we're
0: nerds we can't actually
4: no we out. can't go out and do it no god oh. no so oh um but i i wanted to say uh on the topic of fan clubs um i want to say hi to all of my people in my fan club uh we're up to i think 33 pages now um, and as RJ says, uh, <laughs> dance flipping me off. Uh, as RJ says, yeah, you have thirty-three pages, but like half of those posts are yours, and so uh, I don't care though. Uh, <laughs> I like responding to my fans. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. Um, but yeah, that's about all I got right now. Okay, so I'm spent.
1: I'm looking out for you, man. I'll make sure you're
0: recognized. Um, so we're yeah we're talking about adversarial gaming long term campaigns. Oh uh, yeah,
4: and I can't wait for Dark Sun.
0: Yeah, Dark Sun will be tight. We'll get it at Gen Con and bring it back and run that shit. The New World campaign should be totally finished by the time Dark Sun comes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hopefully
3: by the time I leave. Yeah,
0: okay. Maybe we'll see. Maybe Kuthin just dies early. Maybe he just <gasps> he pulls a Michael and you know it's like whoa and then
3: blows up. So oh wait, lost spoilers. Uh, <laughs> Ross, if yeah. you kill Kuthin... The fans are going to get very upset. No. That... If Kuthin ever dies,
4: yeah, I know, that'll right? be the end <laughs> of the campaign.
0: Yeah, we could never recover for something like that. Ooh, what were we meaning? You'll find I, out I mean, if Kuthin
4: died, that would probably tear the entire group apart, and we would probably blame someone that would be lawful good in the group, or we would blame someone that was new to the group that wasn't paying attention to the scenario at the time. <laughs>
1: Say, uh wow. Cody, I'm going to need your uh, assistance on this next line here, but you kill this character, that's the chicken way out. Are you...
0: Thank you. Just another reminder that The Room is one of the greatest achievements in cinema history, and you should all see The Room. Directed and starring Tommy Wiseau. Produced and written. And produced. Probably catered. By Tommy Wiseau. I wouldn't want to eat any food that he's touched. I don't, that <laughs> or would, been in, or been in his presence. Yeah, really. pretty much. Um, <laughs> that is a filthy man. So adversarial gaming. Now uh, this sort of came up through the New World campaign, where uh, we, you know, RJ joined the game late in the campaign, and he made a character who's basically uh, Lokrag, who was a uh, New World barbarian, and leader of a tribe, and he had his own agenda and everything, and. Normally, I, I'm fine with player. I give players a free rein in that, but they, it just caused a lot of problems because one, the players didn't have any realistic way to trust him to take you know have him join in on the reindeer games, and two, there were a lot of misunderstandings because R.J didn't understand any of the plots that were going on. and says, "Why every time we meet somebody, they hate you for what you've done or to them. Uh, yet somehow you're still trying to make allies with them. Yeah, um, so it, it, it brought up a lot of and the players here were very good you know about trying to integrate them and you know metagaming a little to let that happen but um, it's just adversarial gaming seems to be a very common uh, and also you know hearing from other people on the forums and fans asking for advice uh, there's a lot of issues coming up with you know GMs being too adversarial with players um, so one of the first things is, is the, the whole retconning issue I think which is uh, if for those of you who aren't comic fans all probably 5% of RPPR fans who don't read comics retcon is short for retroactive continuity where you basically say oh here's my aunt you know jane who uh, i've loved and trusted for years and she's a scientist and she's gonna help us out with this or uh you know you you basically make up some shit that really isn't justified by the existing story so we do retcons all the time uh in the new world campaign and uh you know in one more recent sessions we, we run, like, Cody's character had a lot of ret can, cons going on because of his things, trying to do things. And then arguing, oh, you can't do this, Ross, because of this, this, and this. Oh, that character had a resilient sphere over them, so they didn't die. And, like, all this other stuff. And I'm like, fine, fine, fine. But there are some GMs. But we got through it. Yeah, we got because, through uh, we it. Because we are adults. And I was pretty much, I, I'm, I'm able to, you know, acknowledge my mistakes and move on.
4: Right. Uh, we're, we're, we're college educated, and we're also potty trained. And so we're willing to set aside differences and the the little standard, mistakes. You know. Yeah, that's how you know that you're you're an adult, um, college educated first, potty trained second. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, it was it was like a it was a very I felt um, adversarial night because the two like I I had some things I wanted to do and Ross kind of had his other things that he wanted done, and so it was sort of. Uh, I left really angry, and I ended up calling my wife and uh, yelling at her for a little bit about it. But uh, and that's not a joke, <laughs> wow. that's real. Uh, but 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 again, like two days later, it was like that's oh, a fucking game. Who cares? You know, it's it's not yeah. a big deal. So
0: I think that that's a good that's a good point. Is that you know uh, have some time to cool off? You know, I. Uh,
1: I'm amazed that the new world almost
0: broke up a marriage. My God, (laughs) that's powerful. No, No, they yell at each other all the time. It's like, hey, how are you? How was your day? Oh, that's just fucking great. I'm not being sarcastic, you know? I mean,
3: and also that session... Oh, wait, I'm sorry. That's someone else. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) That session in particular, Cody, your character kind of just went off and did his own thing. And so when you came up and started having all of these issues where the rec cannon was necessary, the the rest of us were sitting there going how do we put end up okay <laughs> yeah
0: um, I mean yeah that's true mm-hmm. uh, but again like you just cool off and you realize it's a game and you can step back from it a lot of people don't can't do that it seems like uh, judging from the sort of you know at request for advice and stuff like that that we get uh, on the forums and in email so
4: yeah of, i mean i mean one one I think one of the problems that we haven 't discussed yet is is the fact that people get so wrapped up in their characters because you know you 've invested a lot of time creating them and and developing backstory and and caring about a character, and then suddenly and you you have ideas and plot arcs and motivation for them and things. And when someone else's story comes in conflict with that, or if the GM's ideas, I mean, not saying that a GM, like, like, that you were wrong or anything like that, because you weren't. I mean, you had you had your own ideas for those characters, and then whenever another character comes along and tries to disrupt all of that, that's what really causes, like real conflicts and things and, and 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 not just like oh that's good gaming it's like it causes like some fucking like people get mad at each other conflicts yeah, yeah. and stuff like that and so um but yeah i mean it's a, it's a very real issue
0: so. um I, I mean the main thing is that people um you you want to do your you know everyone gets the idea of what they want to do in the game you know i have my story that i want to get done and every player has their own little agenda that they want to do and whenever you can't fulfill that it it raises some frustration and the the question is how do you deal with that and you know what I do is I I'm, I'm pretty permissive as a GM I let players try a lot of shit uh, I'm not like one to usually I usually allow you to do whatever you want to think of and very you know let the dice decide if it succeed, succeeds or not um but you know you Dan you were talking about how you've heard of GMs who just hate, you know, or players who said, like, the, the idea of retconning something or going back on a ruling, you know, if the GM is wrong or a player is wrong or something like that, so...
3: Yeah, but first, in response to an earlier comment, i like to say that it's not always referred to as cooperative storytelling, but rather collaborative storytelling. That's and true, that's a good point. People aren't always going to get along, and so it, we've you guys have done episodes about conflict resolution and how to handle it on the table, and so if you can try to just shove it under the table until after the game. And after you have a chance to cool down and talk about it, because maybe two days later, you really don't care because it's just a game and you're willing to move on. Or because if you try to hash out problems right there, that's going to, unless it's like a rules specific issue, that's very important for the sake of everything ever. But anyway, um, onwards to Ross's question. Yeah. Yeah. I've, Actually, when I first started running 4th Ed, I had a player that uh, joined up and was interested in 4th Ed, and I I hadn't played with this individual before, but it was a friend of a friend wanting to get my five-ish players together. And one of the things that he and I would discuss was just our differences in DMing styles. He was very much the kind of DM that if... A druid and forgot to say oh i'm leaving the city i'm summoning my animal companion out of the forest before we move on to the next town and that player made it to the next town and wanted to use his animal companion he as the dm would go well you never su- asked to have him follow you so your animal companion is sitting outside the city where you told him to stay <laughs> and how that just wasn't my style i didn't think that was right i think that in that specific se- instance a druid would actually want his lifelong companion at his side yeah I mean and just minor uh, forgiven I mean the
0: yeah I mean the ultimate extension of that is like if you're being a type of GM who only allows specifically what the players do you know say not reasonable assumptions about what they're you know basic actions you'd be like players forget you know oh you didn't say you're breathing again or you didn't say you're taking a crap so your character <laughs> suffocates while his bowels explode and they're packed up with 40 pounds of shit you know you just shower all, all the every pc takes another 2d6 damages you know intestines and bones in fortitude whatever, saves for everywhere. all yeah exactly <laughs> so um that's and we don't want to see that that happens too often in games as it enough as it is so yeah. um you know, and to be honest, I've done pulled things like that too, where I say, Oh, you didn't say you were gonna do that, so but in, in those cases it was more of a like I, I only rarely do it only in cases like when the players, you know, didn't seem like they would be you know, like there's a difference of what I would think was reasonable and what I the the, the, the player thinks is reasonable.
3: And so. also just the times that I've seen you do stuff like that, it's usually because you're trying to make the story a little bit more interesting. Yeah. Trying to up the ante on the drama a little bit. Yeah. And that's Forgivable, but in things like well, you all you guys said was that you broke camp. Your fighter didn't. Your fighter yeah. didn't say he put his plate mail on, so the dragon eats him whole. Right, but so. if you you
0: know the exception would be like if you're you're trying to break camp and then uh, works attack, then I could say you know well you, your characters were in a hurry and you retreated from the camp. So, you didn't grab everything or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there, there are exceptions. So, like, what did you grab? And then the question, you know, what? Well, I would have grabbed that, of course, the item we actually turns out we needed. You know, obviously, I would have grabbed that or something like that. So, that, that's some time where you have to be or, uh, we're at canon. So,
1: yes, or, or of course, or well, as a master thief, I would have crawled on my hands and knees, <laughs> yes. every looking, searching every square inch for traps. Yes. Thank uh, you, gamers.
0: The Gamers is a good movie too, so uh, you should watch that. It's very funny, and they have subtitles in Latin, so um, they do. Yeah, I have the DVD. You can watch it. It's only forty-five minutes. Anyway, um, that's how Ross rolls exactly. So, in general, though, you should be more forgiving. I think GMs need to be pretty forgiving with retcons when it's reasonable. Not when and the thing that for my my that sort of litmus is the. Uh, what are the consequences of allowing the retcon? Like, the animal companion, you know? Like, oh, you didn't say you were having your animal companion, so if you you allow the retcon, the druid has the animal companion, which is, you know, a base power of the class. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's not too unreasonable to assume that, you know, that's like, oh my god, he's going to break the game by having one of his basic class powers available to him, you know? Well, uh, also,
3: depending on how you build your third-ed encounters, if you... If a druid is actually power playing his class, then his animal companion is almost as powerful as a fighter. Yeah. So that essentially is another party member. Yeah. And yeah. so that may have tweaked your way you were balancing the encounters and one of the my biggest complaints against Third Ed was that encounter calculations and experience calculations were a massive pain of math. But that's just me. Um
0: well, to be honest actually, I had uh, my my biggest complaint with D&D in general is this idea that you have to have multiple fights before you rest. And that just, you know, one it, it slows the game time, the campaign time so slow because you have to each fight is, you know, going to be at least an hour usually, you know. You uh, even third or fourth Ed, Fights take a while to process. And if you're like, okay, you have one fight, and then you know two hours later in game time, you have another fight, and then another two hours of game fight, then you have another fight. And, you know that's like six, eight hours of playing time before you mm-hmm. can go through a day of game time. You know, does that make yeah,
3: sense? Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. And on that front, that's why I instituted my fourth ed house rule about using milestones as extra XP carrots. I talked about it on the thread I started for okay. my deck of many encounters. So I, I'm guessing... See, Dan
0: contributes to the forums. Yeah. And you
3: people aren't just being... You aren't, you aren't supporting him enough, and that's why
0: he was he was torn apart and why he's leaving us forever. Yeah, I'm, I'm so. going off
3: to off greener pastures. Yeah. But...
0: Yeah, so, my, my so, car. The, so I'm too cheap to get enough bikes, apparently.
3: Yeah, I'm just a horrible person. Pretty much. So, yeah, it's worth it. If you want to ramp up the amount of XP your party gets, just give them bonus XP each time they hit a milestone. But, and then yeah. your party wants to continue fighting if that's what they want to do for their XP. Or they go into storytelling encounters, in which case you give them XP for that as well. Right. If I, you're wanting to run XP by the numbers, which...
0: Yeah. I, I don't because so. I just like you, you level up. I know I'm I've old.
3: never noticed that <laughs>
0: sarcasm. But I mean, the other thing, even in fourth ed, you have the difference between encounter and daily powers. Which since I do like one fight per session usually, uh, then that's just kind of like, oh well, we're not gonna have another fight today, so pff, I blow all the daily powers. Doot, yeah. doot, do, do do. So you know, most
1: of that is still kind of the it's like antagonism to the GM or to the GM. Yeah, but you know. But, but, well, I've had players at each other's throats before, too. Okay,
0: yeah, that's another part of that. I mean, the bigger bigger part, I would think, of adversarial game is player versus player, you know, PvP uh, conflict, which is comes up all the time. Like, again, with RJ in the New World campaign, because of his character had his own agenda, the other players, had no the Water Barons, had no reason to trust him. You know, there was a lot of conflict, and there was at one point, oh, we need to kill RJ's character or something like that, and that that was kind of dismissive uh but you know there there was that think that was that tension party to that
3: conversation yeah
0: um well i mean well, Ar- it,
1: well his character flat i thought flat he, out i threatened. think rj knew about that yeah well so. yeah his character flat out threatened
0: to kill me yeah yeah exactly i mean he yeah like rj yeah like low like, if you do this i will kill you you know sort of thing and he was a striker who was pretty well met max so he probably could have yes he probably uh, definitely could have yeah <laughs> oh that's that's like that's min-maxing with the training wheels on. Oh, that's yeah. Okay. I don't know. Um So, well, I mean, what are your experiences with player versus player conflict?
1: Well, uh that mainly happened back in the uh the dark times at, between high school and this group. Okay. Uh back when I was with uh the dark times. Yes.
0: When uh, in the long ago time. Like
1: uh, Sean was in, Sean was in this group. Okay. And this is uh Dan, not you, Dan. Yeah. This was another Dan I knew.
3: Yeah, we have to specify this. This
1: yes. was
0: Evil Dan, inferior. No, Dan. no more
1: like more like uh, infor- inferiority complex.
0: Okay, okay, yeah, yeah.
1: Dan, um, and Sean and him never quite got along. Ever since one time when Daniel went up behind him in high school and grabbed him from behind around the throat.
0: Yeah, that's not cool. That's that's.
3: That's how I make all of my friends. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: ever since I could have
0: totally killed you if I was solid snake. And.
1: uh Sean had you, you knew yeah you knew Sean yeah he had tolerance for a lot of things yeah but he was really easy to reach his limit yeah and the thing is he game like we game together for like two years and every single session I could just feel it between them yeah and uh, it's it was even worse when I, someone else was running the game because as a GM in that group you know. The person running the game has the authority of "I'm running this game." Right, but when it's two players, it's it, it got a lot more difficult, and it, it would take nothing just to uh, send one of them off the edge. Yeah. Uh- so it was a del- like, and the other group, the rest of the group, it was a del- delicate balancing act mm-hmm. to make sure one did not do something that would piss the other off.
0: Right. Right. I mean, uh, I know. I mean, this has come up in several of the uh, campaigns that I've run too, where like players like, "Oh, should we kill this hostage or not?" You know, like in Mass and I or Lothotep. You know, should we kill? Or any game Daniels in? All right, so
1: yeah. Any game that Aaron's in? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There will be exactly. no killing of the hostage. That's
0: true. Aaron. Aaron's G one morality is uh, such <laughs> that we cannot. You know, players cannot do anything bad. Okay, you know, he was a little inconsistent. I think in the. Um, the wushu game he, I ran the league of 1988, mm-hmm. where at the end he was what pointing guns at Gordon Gecko and other people. So, um, you know, how do you guys deal with it? You know, how do you deal with Aaron doing such shit like that? Um, As an example,
4: well, um, with with Aaron, I think I I sort of called him out on it, like yeah. in the game where I'm like I'm like, well, you know, but but he still tried to justify it. Is is like, well, I'm not, I'm not shooting him, like, but you know. It, you won't let us torture somebody but but you're willing to like like threaten maximum force on someone um uh, you, you know as a gm i had i had two players that during my he-man campaign um i i hate that i i hate that i bring up the he-man campaign every time i'm here but i don't really i i haven't really dm'd much more than than it's worth than those yeah yeah and it was it was a badass campaign too I should run another He-Man Dark campaign. Ah, even better. <laughs> that's it. Dark Sun He-Man. We're on it. Um, uh, it can be done. I could do it. I could definitely do it. I don't know. Dark way. Sun
0: will have probably a rules for like dying of thirst in the desert. Right. But that's not very He-Man.
4: No, well, Whoa. yeah. But no. but this is a post-apocalyptic like Eternia where where it's like in already. So, yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. And, that, and see that that was the campaign setting for for my He-Man game Is that Skeletor 1. He-Man's gone and and all this. Anyway, the point is, is that I had, I had two players. I had two players that uh, one of them was. Um, I don't know if I, I, don't know if I've mentioned her or not. Uh, Jessica, have I mentioned her at all? Ever? I think so. Ever? Maybe okay. once or twice. Well, she was kind of a rough player, a bad player, as you might say. Um, and she, she and I, uh, like, as I've said before, she doesn't like to play alignment, and so she, you know, she was lawful good the first time, and she. And she could never play Lawful Good because she always wanted to do like terrible things. And then <laughs> and so I made all the characters evil. It's like, okay, everyone on the team can be evil. You can do you know, terrible things. I don't care. It's fine. And she decided to play Lawful Good. And suddenly anytime something bad happened, like anytime like these people that are marauders and murderers and like they fight for evil in and stuff like that, she's like, oh, I'm I won't kill these people. They're innocents, you know. <laughs> and um, that came in direct conflict with someone that liked to play evil. And uh, the two of them fought all the time, and they argued all the time, and it drove me nuts. And I finally got to the point where I was like, all right, fine. It's like, you know, as a GM, I'm going to finally kind of set it to where the two of them are going to have to face off against each other. And so, eventually, we get to the point where, at the end of this one game, they, they both end up in this arena and they've been chosen to fight one another and we, yeah. end it, and we ended it there and I was like, alright, you know, and so the next game comes around and the two of them are supposed to fight it out and then they're like, no, we will not fight one another. I'm like, you've <laughs> hated each other this entire time. This is your chance to kill each other or fight or do something um, and and they just, they, they didn't. They just, they chose the chicken. Ch- so that, that actually brings up sort of another aspect
0: of adversarial gaming which is like the GM story, you're wanting to do one thing, have the players fight and the players choose nothing so how do you what like you know i've heard of game it's very common games where the gm story is the only story allowed like you know players agenda they're they're what they want to do fuck that it's what the gm and so in that that situation did you allow the players to peacefully resolve it or fight their way out together
4: um what what i ended up doing is is that because it was supposed to be like a roman gladiator-esque situation it was like it was oh you aren't going to fight well we will make you fight and then you know send out you know the hordes of whatever i had sent after them to fight them and so They fought off all of these other things together, and so it allowed them to to bond. And so, and after that, they they were less uh, they were less against each other. Um, But um, I mean, it it, it provided a bonding experience. But that's not what I was wanting. I was wanting right. But you allowed it to happen. Oh yeah, but I let it happen. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, again, it's that's where they wanted to take it. So that's that's where we took it, it. So. So yeah, and it still makes for a good story. And and going back to how how players deal with other players and things is that once um, you know, I think that even though oh, I, I guess we I don't want to spoil anything for from New World, I'll be very vague about it. Tom does something, and it fits with Tom's character, but it just so happens that that the rest of us weren't very happy with it. Oh, I think and, I know what you're talking and about. And it ends up causing. <laughs>
0: there's so many instances. Yeah,
4: yeah, no, but but this was the big one where yeah, Tom yeah. did something that he wasn't that that we were like, oh, you should not have done that, and I was I was really really mad and 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 um at first I mean it pissed me off it really pissed me off um but but well I like, guess not really pissed me off not like Ross pissed me off two weeks ago but but it still made me <laughs> mad and <laughs> oh oh. Hey. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> But I think I think at the end of it though, I thought to myself I realized that well, I mean for the sake of the story, it, Tom played his character fine. I mean it's not like he did anything out of character. No, and he, well established at this point. Yeah. yeah, and then the the other thing too is is that I mean it ended up making for really great drama and making a great story, and so you know. We, we took what a, what a player has done and then we turned it around and tried to to build off of that. And it, in the end, it worked out really well and it actually couldn't have gone better this way. Yeah. Um, we rolled both the punches. Yeah, yeah. And, and so that's why I really enjoyed... Uh, you know that 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 conflict at the time I was pissed off, but but I you know I still enjoy. I it.
0: mean I, that's the thing about gaming that I love more than anything else is that nobody knows what the story is going to be until the game is actually played out. I mean nobody I I wouldn't have predicted that particular result after you know this chain reaction of events, and it it worked out really for the best, and that, you know that's why I don't think the GM should just enforce his own story. He should he should be as surprised as everyone else by the result. So Uh, because usually it works out for the best if your players are adults everywhere right and that's
3: what i'm that's what i'm gonna miss most about you guys is that handling situations like that was just that one in particular was just really well i think i yeah i think i handled it pretty well i think cody played along with it pretty well and um eventually it just and event yeah it it worked out well and also as a callback a dinner party is one of the more recent new world episodes yeah about how we settled the disagreement between who was going to run border keep yeah <laughs> and with me just kind of going yeah sure yeah tom tom oh yeah if we all vote against tom then we, yeah we overturn tom's decision so by the way, Tom, I never plan on voting against you. I, I read that post. Yes, <laughs> I don't think it's even come up. Like I don't think
0: Tom has done anything that you know. Exactly. His is running border keep is kind of a minor thing. Oh, but, like.
4: but 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 uh, I I don't remember any character conflicts in that. Were, <laughs> were there players fighting during that situation? Because oh. I just agreed to wholeheartedly. I'm, I think
1: I, I think I remember something about veto power.
4: Oh man! Yeah. Um, wait yeah. wait now it's starting to. Well, did, did we talk about parliamentary procedure as well? <laughs>
3: Cody, you have to understand that veto power is a very important decision-making process. Um, yeah.
4: Um, and I believe I have allowed you to speak your piece. <laughs> Exactly. That's uh, all for I those gotta... of you who
0: don't listen to the New World campaign, uh, Mike, two players. Wait, wait,
4: wait. People don't listen to the New World not campaign? All of you, not
0: all of them. What? <laughs> I know, right?
4: Or as uh, someone who likes to make vagina references would say, twat? <laughs> <laughs> Is that
0: sunny in Philadelphia? Or oh, Okay. Uh, that's a good show, by the way, it is that a good was just show. all me, baby okay, um for those of you who weren't following the campaign, the players had a dinner party where they had to discuss who was going to run the city, and two players, Mike and Bill, got into like an argument that the players were like you know it got pretty awkward at the table for a little bit, and uh I think that's why Bill decided to step out for a while <laughs> um because he was the you know realized yeah. he, that their personalities were just going to keep- you know butting heads and that it wasn't going to work out for the best.
1: And by the way, special Uh, thanks to Ian Moody for capturing that scene. Yeah. Um, Love the picture. Oh my, like,
4: like not just special thanks. I mean, I wish there were more that we could say because it's just so like Ian's picture was just like the best thing ever. I think it's it's amazing, but uh, like, I'm sorry. I might be, I might be crazy, but I, I personally really liked, uh, Well, I mean, looking back, I like when Mike and Bill would get in fights because I I thought it was entertaining. Yeah, but 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 you are right is that at the time it was I remember looking over at you and we're both like, God, this is really awkward. And then and then Ross said the the standard, uh, let's try and make this less awkward Ross line, which is uh, 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 how you doing, Cody? <laughs> how you doing? How you doing over there?
0: It's not even my oh. awkward. It's like, all right, they're they're doing their own thing, and nobody's yeah. paying attention to the actual game. So yeah. like, hey, hey, how you hey, doing? Hey, how you doing? Uninvolved player, player who's not doing anything. Yeah. yeah. So, well, um, it's
1: not just Cody. It's it's whoever happens to be the closest person to you who seems to be looking yeah. at you. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, we've both been the we've many of us have been the recipients of that. Yeah. How you doing, line How you doing? How you doing?
0: What's going on there? Uh, we're playing a game. Are we We game?
1: should just reply, "Yes, yeah. Ross. It is awkward as shit."
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, Come, let us try to so, get. So I mean, that, that brings up a good point. You know, there are some players who just they're, they have different playstyles and they're uh, disrupting the game, especially long-term campaigns, um, where you know I realize now that there you have to have uh, the longer the campaign goes, the more restrictive you have to be about new players, especially new players oh, coming into the campaign. I, th- um, I have
1: a I, there's something I, I gotta say about bringing in a new player that clearly yeah. was not gonna work out oh yeah oh my god
0: which campaign uh,
1: this was just, this was a game uh, me, David and uh, Sean used okay. to meet used to meet at uh, Steak Already and a combo. at Steak and Shake like everybody you know it was about I think it was every Wednesday night okay and uh, we would stay there until like four in the morning playing a game okay they must have loved you no the game was the games were great it was good stuff But
0: this one time, (laughs) David—I don't know. Shut up. (laughs) They being the people at Steak and Shake, Tom. That's what I was. No,
1: no, they were totally used to us by then. At first, yes, there was. But anyway, David asks us if he if he can bring in someone someone else uh, to the game. It was a small group, so I think an additional person would be good. Doesn't should have sent off warning bells that he didn't tell us much about her. Okay. Oh, her. And so when, so when the next week when he brought her, she turned out to be a forty-five-year-old woman. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Who? uh, This was a group. This was back in two thousand and one. Okay. So a bunch of a bunch of twenty-year-olds, and a forty-five-year-old woman. And let me tell you that they don't exactly gel well together in a group.
0: That's a little ageist of you, Tom.
1: Well, we gave her the benefit of the doubt until the very first words that came out of her mouth as in characters, I'm going to get myself a fucking man.
0: Okay, there you go. See, that you should have <laughs> let off with that. Uh, like, okay, a little day, age difference, but there you I'm going to get a fucking man. Yeah, that's that's a little creepy. Well, I, What do I mean, a little? That's very yeah. creepy. Especially in a public place like Steak and Check, I'm going to get me a fucking man. <laughs> you are gaming in you know, Rolling Dice, I assume, at Steak and Shake. Well, know. this was after midnight, Ross. i, I <laughs> That doesn't make
3: it better. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Stranger so. things. Uh, stranger things have happened in a steak and shake after midnight. No,
0: I know. I mean, like the vampire larpers in town go to steak and shake after the game. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, well, I don't know if they're still ongoing, but okay. So you do a special like stake them in the heart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. It's it's probably not so popular in the new square. Yeah,
0: it's not as true. seedy now. Um. So, how long did she last as a player? Two sessions. Yeah. And very and fi- awkward. And
1: let's just say that on our way, like when I, Sean and I would gather afterwards and go, what the fuck? Yeah, I can see that. And finally, um, finally, after the second session, uh, David, she's not working out. Sorry,
0: Okay, no. so you basically just went to the player and told her, um, or to David, the one who brought yeah. her in. It's like, uh, uh, no. Yeah. um, I mean, yeah, it, it's re- new players, they don't... They they treat it as a brand new campaign. They don't have any of the the, the built up uh, stories or anything like that that exist in the uh, you know New World campaign has been going on for a, over a year now, and we got all these NPCs and everything else. So when RJ was in there, you know, he didn't understand what was going on. Um, Thoroughly and,
1: amazed that yes, we piss people off and are still trying to make allies with them.
0: Yeah, exactly. So um, higher purpose. I think yes. now so the my point is you know the longer you go the more restrictive you have to be about who you let into a game and what kind of player they can make you know um i think if it's a totally new player someone you've never game with before you need to run a one shot uh, mm-hmm. or something like that before you uh, let them in there um and a litmus test if you will yes exactly um so um it, it's just very disruptive litmus so testing is
3: wrong when you're trying to talk about whether or not
0: Because, you know, when you have a player who fucks up, sometimes the GM will go over too far and be like, no, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can only do the one thing. I mean, Dan, you were talking earlier about, you know, GMs who shut down all the players' abilities and everything.
3: Well, I had to actually consider doing that myself as a GM a few times, but just, yeah, especially in D&D, because, I mean, what's the easiest way to shut down a 3.5 rogue? Constructs and undead. And plant monsters. And plant monsters. So and so it's one thing if
0: you And elementals. Really there's a fucking lot of monsters that like ignore sneak
3: attacks is what I'm getting at. Right. So. But the basic thing is that if that's all you throw against your party and no one bothered to tell the guy that wanted to play the rogue that, then what have you done? Yeah. But if you're playing through the game and your rogue starts outshining the rest of the party, then okay well we're just going to start doing this so that the rogue gets all upset because he's done everything he could to juice his sneak attack abilities and along those lines and or it's just yeah or just having ranged or flying characters versus your level five squad and the fighter just kind of sits there and goes well I wait to see if someone (laughs) comes within range oh I throw a javelin can I throw a javelin
0: exactly yeah and three yeah third ed was really bad about that especially you know um, setting up flying monsters or flying wizards who were basically, ha, ah, I fly a hundred feet above, three hundred feet above them, and throw fireballs while I'm Death invisible.
1: Well, a yeah. lot of these—it's ante- so everything we've been talking about. It's really a, a lack of
0: communication, too. Yeah,
1: you know, it. You can also like, uh, hey, uh, could you like, hey, uh, Mr. Sneak Attack Man, could you tone it down a little bit?
0: Yeah. Um, well, or, I mean, again, it's usually more the, the other way around, like, we're getting screwed over by constructs and elementals mm-hmm. and all that fun stuff. Um, so, yeah, in general, communication is the key. Uh, don't... Don't take things personally. Don't take things personally. I know we repeat this all the time, but it's just, there's, you know... It's Well, it's such a great thing to repeat. Yeah. Um, and be... And GMs, I think, should, in general, be pretty, like... F- Ready to use the Red cannon whenever it will help the game
3: right I, I think one thing that the reason why we get in a, get into the position where we have to say these sorts of things over and over again of don't take things personally learn how to communicate pretty well I mean we're dealing with a group that stereotypically doesn't do either of those things very well yeah I, I, I hate to pigeonhole us all but yeah that there are people a good majority of gamers I've met outside of this group are that way, so yeah,
0: um, I mean, judging from the emails we get and everything well it,
1: we've been gaming for well over what like, two three years now,
0: yeah as a group. so
1: we're if you you've been gaming for like for that long yeah you you yeah you can get through it most just about everything
0: yeah, yeah yeah um well, I mean, yeah, if you all mesh together, so uh, I mean there are some long standing groups that are apparently horrible. Um, and they have but they keep absence. doing it, they keep yeah. doing it because they like pain, yeah, I guess. so um.
4: I think my favorite thing is, is the fact that um I really don't know much about any of you outside of <laughs> playing games. <Yes. laughs> I just realized that like I know very little about anyone's personal lives. It makes me happy that I know more about your your characters than I do about all of you. I don't know. I'm sorry. I just wanted to chime that in. <laughs>
1: well, we know you're the one married guy.
4: Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Uh,
3: wow, we do have a token married guy.
1: <laughs> Who right. is, and she has played with our group
0: on occasion. Yes, she has. She's a good player. She should play more, but...
4: Um, she actually doesn't, uh, because she, uh, she always, she gets nervous about, like, being put in situations where she's like, she's like, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on me to do things right, and I'm like, it's not a big deal, and she's like, Ross, Ross is very curt, and he cuts me off a lot whenever I'm trying to think. I'm like, okay. So, I am? I'm
1: so I'm horrible Well, monster. no, it's just you, it's okay. Uh, yes, yes, Ross, you're horrible. Aww. Oh, good. cry? Uh, yeah, got sad. No, there. Ross doesn't cry. He has. He doesn't feel
0: anything. Oh. <laughs> oh <man. laughs> All right. So I think we kind of uh, uh, summarized our, our positions here. Um, so next up, we'll have some anecdotes. Uh, Tom's going to talk about Aaron's game that he's running. Uh, some uh, <laughs> Dan's going to talk a little bit about, and Dan and I are going to talk about uh, uh, some online gaming that's been going on. And uh, then, of course. Uh, Shoutouts and all that other fun stuff. So we'll be
5: right back. Something.
0: All right. So we're going to do shout shoutouts first because that is the usual thing. So, um, I will uh, give one first. Uh, The RPPR STEAM group. Uh, STEAM, of course, is the program Val puts out for... Uh, Vigigames, online computer games. I'm on it now, and there's a bunch of other RPPR fans. So if you're playing Team Fortress 2, Left 4 Dead 2, you can... And if Ross is on it, it must be cool. Exactly. Actually, last week we played a really great Left 4 Dead 2 versus game (laughs) with nothing but me, RJ, and RPPR fans. And uh, it was awesome because I won. I was on the winning team. And uh, No, it was... Thanks for
1: being on the winning team!
0: (laughs) (laughs) And... Uh, violence was had And much laughter was had And I used the announcer voice Which really pisses RJ off for some reason So Then do it uh, more Exactly Do it more, do it more So uh, I still have
3: yet to understand Why so many people get upset at an announcer voice Exactly
0: It's a great, it's a soothing thing
3: It's a soothing, calming experience um, That all can
0: enjoy So, uh, Cody, you had I one I think you were full um, of shit
4: Shout out <laughs> Hey everybody! Yeah. Exactly. We're back to the countdown. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Casey Kasem. I'm Casey Casey. I slather mayonnaise all over my junk. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, two shoutouts. First is uh, Vertigo Comics, uh, Joe the Barbarian. Uh, it's by Grant Morrison, who uh, I don't know if you've heard of him or not, but he's like the most famous person in the world, and uh,
0: um, except <laughs> yeah, of, of yeah, of, if you count the Scottish comic book writers right uh, yeah
4: of scottish comic book writers it's it's him and like mark Miller. three others yeah, <laughs> yeah but anyway but yeah uh grant's joe the barbarian is really really good um it's sort of uh, it's in the same vein as like chronicles of narnia i guess if you want to throw it in there um but it's really really cool and it's about a diabetic kid that goes into like um diabetic shock but his diabetic shock ends up taking him to a fantasy world. And so, you know, it's really just cool.
0: Instead of a closet, it's a diabetic shock.
4: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Essentially. But it's, it's really, it's really, really well done. And the art's fantastic too. Yeah. And, uh, the other one that I want to give it a shout out for, this isn't so much a, a great thing is, is just, you know, being someone from the, uh, Sega Genesis nineties generation, uh, uh I don't know if anybody's played Rocket Knight Adventures but uh that game was really really cool but they've come out with a new download um for it I th- I know it's on PS3 I don't know if it's on um Xbox Live but I'm assuming that it is and it's not like the best game in the entire world but I mean it's a possum with a jetpack and uh he's a knight and shit like that and it's it's really fun and so um, Is it steampunk? Um not necessarily, kind um, of, I guess. You could throw it in there. He's got goggles, so yeah, Steampunk. Yeah, there, <laughs> goggles is steam. Yeah, yeah g- goggles That's and That's all shit you need packs. for Steampunk, yeah, yeah. essentially, but yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I recommend... You glue
0: some gears on something. maybe. And- yeah.
4: Uh I recommend at least downloading the demo and just playing the demo cuz that's what I do so it's right. really fun. Um I've
0: got another uh, download downloadable game uh The Hidden which is a Half-Life 2 mod. Uh one person it's a multiplayer mod one person is basically the predator only he has a couple pipe bombs and uh, a big knife that he can instantly kill the other players. All the other players are guys with guns a uh, commando team trying to kill the hidden. And so it's a really fun mod especially if you're playing with people you know and the play, and the the uh, the hidden can actually move the dead bodies of players around and pin them to walls so he can crucify them uh, and shit like that. And it's actually, so it's like, haha, I'm screwing with your head. And so you see a body being dragged around by an invisible monster. Like, ah, kill it, kill it, kill it now. And uh, it's, it's, it's fun. Although it's not fun when you're playing with people on the, from the internet who are much better than you. Then it's not fun because those guys fucking suck. I'm talking to you, silent kill. Fuck you. <laughs> Random internet players better than us. God yeah so, thank you uh, that's very nice ross yeah fuck that guy <laughs> yeah, yeah. i have weird yeah. font on his name so it sound, looks all weird Sorry. yeah
1: i have one too actually yeah it i uh, it's a video i found uh, hollywood video which sh- uh, has
0: shut down yes. in our
1: area and i got this for four like four dollars okay. battlefield baseball
0: battlefield baseball is that the japanese movie yeah 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 yeah,
1: yeah it's i had seen it years ago yeah, yeah, and uh, just I saw I saw the copy there for four dollars, which I bought, and uh, it's not quite uh, Shaolin Soccer or uh, Kung Fu Hustle, but it's along those lines. But it's yeah, yeah. E- it's equally ridiculous and fun. I'll link to
0: the trailer. It's pretty it's pretty fucking crazy. There's zombies. People blow up after catching balls. Uh, yeah, it's like the like like the baseball game where the other team dies. Yeah, um, so it, it, it's fun. Um, I had one last shout out, which is Coup de Torchon. It's a French uh, colonial noir movie made in 1981. <laughs> um, it's utterly depressing, brilliantly shot, edited, directed. It's based on an American crime novel, um, but they they re, it was set the novel set in the American South, uh, but they the the director decided to rewrite and put it in French colonial, you know, Senegal. So um, it's about a, 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 the buffoon police chief of a small town who decides to get revenge through you know murder and blackmail and all that. well no, i don't remember the blackmail but basic murder you know there's it's very dark and very like makes you lose faith in humanity as a species so it's so a, ross you fed upon it yeah it's, it's a really great fucking movie like seriously <laughs> you, like, you were oh sitting there God, you, you like guys. you
1: were absorbing the human pain and misery through osmosis to, yeah. it fills me yeah
0: And, you know, it's such a dark movie, but it's shot in this brilliant, you know, very brightly lit, sunlit town. Everything is very bright, and it looks almost nice, and, you know, ah, and then it's like, ah, these people are utter bastards.
1: Like, it's bright, so you can see the crimson splatter upon the
0: ground. (laughs) Something
3: like that. Um, So, uh, Dan, you had one, too. Well, yes, I did, and because I'm our group's, uh, I guess we've got our token married guy, and Okay. Good Cody's job, measuring Cody. Himself, Cody so. is measuring himself with.
0: Measuring. So, new rule is not to put a tape measure on the table that players can fool with. So, uh, yeah.
3: Good job, Cody. Yeah. How how tall are you, Cody? <laughs> about
4: 67 inches. 67 inches. Five so, five foot
0: seven. Five foot seven. All right. Five foot seven. Five foot seven. Oh, my God. That's how tall
4: Hitler was. <laughs>
0: You heard it Tom here would first. know that. That's another thing. Like, I know we we're going to do a shout-out, but goddamn, Tom. Stop knowing, like, oh, the guy who assassinated Archduke Ferdinand in World War One. I? I know that. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry for having knowledge.
0: It's well, always just like,
3: I, I know names of assassins. <laughs> That's not creepy. Anyways, Dan. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, Cody is Hitler. We proved it by height. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, players, uh the shout Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. My shout-out, because I guess I'm our token ed I'm going to give a shout-out to the Player's Strategy Guide that Wizards of the Coast published. Yes. Yes, very good to have on hand as a DM if you're thinking that you're going to have to coach new players. It's got a lot of good general knowledge, some tools to help someone go, well, what do I play, and help them figure out what would fit their personality and play style. It's got tools on it's got advice on how to as a player spot a bad game and just do you remember any of that advice off the top of your head um just go along a lot of the stuff that we've also talked about and things like if you're getting into a situation where you try to adapt to the story and the dm says no i'm doing it this way and you need to follow along with what i say and also just advice of how do you identify yourself are you a talker are you a slayer are you just a guy that sits in the background and watches the game and you like being involved that sort of thing
0: see that's that's uh, that, that advice is terrible i would think the best the first rule will be if a player says the first thing a player says is i look for a fucking man then <laughs> that's your key to know that's a bad game i mean that's just uh, god no seriously no that that sounds like good advice yeah anyways. and also it, it does Cat. have
3: some crunchy bits of like how to build a character that has ridiculously high social skills and how to build a character that can teleport instead of walk okay. although i will say that i read that section and i'm pretty certain i did it better okay <laughs> so fuck
0: all y'all so it's it's average min maxing not you know yeah, exceptional so min people shouldn't master crafted uh, masterwork uh Mid maxing. Yeah, so
3: GM shouldn't be afraid of it if you see your one of your players reading it because really there are better ways if you have access. Yeah, it's, to one, the, it's the one
0: book that has the the art from the Penny Arcade guys. Not, right. Yeah. Um so <laughs> thank you, Tom. Um, Tom just took the measuring
3: tape away from Cody. Yes. But he did it in a polite and cordial like, manner. Like, so. What's the best way to get the tape? Uh did anyone, anyone else have any other shout outs? Or can we move on to the anecdotes? <laughs> um I guess we can move on to the anecdotes if okay. that's what you wanted to um,
0: do. Well, you I thought you were gonna talk about well, that one store closing, but that's kind of petty. Or what, what nothing. Um what? No, I thought you were gonna talk about Dragon's Lair or whatever. Oh okay. Yeah.
4: Um also I'm sorry, I forgot about that. Um there's a uh, sad news for Southwest Missouri uh well people that live in Springfield, I guess. I don't think people in the general Southwest Missouri area were gonna <laughs> care, but um Springfield listeners or Nixa listeners, uh our our uh, our fair city is now down to only eight comic book stores. <laughs> <laughs> we we lost one. Um Yeah, and it's going to be replaced soon, though, so thank God, I guess. But uh, Dragon's Lair has gone out of business. Um, We're going to miss them. We're going to miss the way they used to talk shit about my wife's store. Um, We're going to miss the fact that uh, their 4th Ed guy didn't really like 4th Ed. Uh, See what else? What else? What what else can we miss about them? Uh, I know Aaron will miss them uh, because Aaron uh, got into a a very heated argument with me uh, before I think before the Wushu game about it. Um, But yeah, um, in all fairness, we do like we do like um, hat Mike. I don't I don't know anything other than Mike except that he wears a hat. But I like Hat Mike. Hat Mike was always been has always been nice to me. But uh, the owner uh, can eat a dick because <laughs> uh, he's always been a jerk. Why we bring Cody and, on
0: for that uh, t- maturity <laughs> and you know? Yeah, but, you yeah,
4: know. you know. Um, Sophistication. Yeah, but he With Truman he, Capote he, of his time. He, <laughs> <laughs> the thank Gore you. Padale, I'm sorry. Um, but he he it's funny because he actually went into vintage stock and um, applied for a job there Uh, and they were hiring like part-time people and someone said oh well you know we are hiring part-time and uh, he said um I'm looking for something a little bit bigger than that and like excuse me he's like um I really am looking for like a management position well uh, why? Why do you want a management position so you can go and ruin another store? Yeah, yeah exactly. Fuckler. That's, that's not the best food. It is. Yeah, uh, the yeah. the guy that owns Dragons Lair came in and asked for a job at Vintage. So, um, but anyway,
0: that's that's hutzpa, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. That's hutzpa. Yeah. If you don't know it's, what that word means, look it up. Yeah. That's, that's ball. Yeah. It's a Jewish word, so it's spelled differently than how it sounds. Yeah. So <laughs> and I'm not gonna spell it for you.
4: Because. Uh, <laughs> but but the, the thing that, that you know, just uh, amazes me is, is like it, it really is sort of a, a – um, I don't know if anybody else watched wrestling in the late 90s, early 2000s no, when, uh, no. when WCW went out of business and Eric Bischoff went and started working for Vince McMahon in real life. Sort of what they were trying to go for in my mind in that one. So, okay. So all you wrestling fans out there, yeah. hopefully, oh, you caught, yeah, hopefully you caught, yeah, hopefully caught onto that joke. But just uh, so you
0: know, hutzpah starts with a C. I
4: know. And there's a Z in there too.
0: Yeah, so, there is. So uh, good anyway. luck with uh, learning it, figuring out how to spell that word. Um. So uh, I think that's it for the shout out. So why don't we talk about the anecdote? Well, I am
3: just wanting to reinforce the idea because Cody brought it up. Okay. And because I was not Daniel Dragon's Slayer, apparently. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Um if this just goes as general advice for anybody that's going to try to do any kind of organized event, make sure the person running your organized event likes the event that you're trying to run, or at least doesn't and isn't, admit to hating isn't, it to the people that are there to participate and isn't doing it just for store credit or yeah, yeah, benefits yeah. or whatever. So yeah. So try to make sure that your people that are doing your events have a little bit of passion for what's going on other yeah. than passionate hate. <laughs> yeah. um, but true. Oh, that's all I got. Yeah. Um, so when we talk about the
0: anecdotes, we got a couple. Of this uh, first off, Tom is going to talk about a game Aaron ran last night in preparation for his. <gasps> well, reign. it was Friday.
1: It was the game he ran Friday. Yeah. So yeah, well, whatever. Uh, so th-
0: he just ran.
1: Justie, he just ran. Uh, of course, you know that the uh, the uh, ransom will be coming after uh, the uh, Codex of War. Yeah. The, we all, that is totally going to be going on, but I'm getting Aaron as much just. Practice time of just GMing games before we start this, as I can. Right, and uh, he ran. He's running Mutants and Masterminds, a system he really likes and actually knows. Uh, mostly,
0: Mutants and Masterminds is okay. I prefer Wild Talents. Yeah, I, I know you would, Ross. Uh, Thank you. Mutants and Masterminds says if you basically that you know your skill in the system makes you a much more effective player, and so uh, player characters. So the players have wildly. Varying actual abilities, even though they're supposed to start at the same level of power. You know, a player who's like RJ and knows the system in and out can make a
1: yes. A I, god. I acknowledge you on this. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, yes, he did that to me in a game, and I cried. Yes, I was crying on the inside, but anyway, and on the outside. But Aaron is running running this game in the uh, Doctor Doctor Who universe because okay. he thoroughly
2: he's really, a fanboy.
0: Really, he he he's totally a fanboy. I don't know if you know this about Aaron. He's a G
4: one fanboy. But my question is, which G um, of the Doctor Who verse are they doing? Is it because like G nine? Yeah, because I mean, technically, there's so many different Doctor Who's that each one would be a different G.
1: The David Tennant tenth Doctor is the oh, one he G ten. Re- He's a G ten Doctor okay. Who. Player. I was off by one. So, um, oh, <laughs> so if I if I may go ahead and just critique him right off the bat. All right. I think you didn't he, record the game, did you? Uh, no, he is not comfortable with that yet. Uh, so no we'll no not to break that happen. Oh, no, yeah, no, 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 it's, it's part of the ransom. He will do it as if it's part of the ransom. He yeah. said that. Okay, good. But this time, he knows how to put together a good story. Yeah. I will give him that. However.
0: It was a G3 story.
1: Well, yes, and I admit, <laughs> as uh, several people on the forums have put on it, his saying, it's like, yeah, he, he does that when he's nervous. So as you can imagine, when he runs a game, that comes out a lot.
0: I can't uh, imagine being nervous in a game. I mean, like I'm just Well relaxing. that 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 to me yeah. is the primary problem yeah. of of Aaron running stuff. I
3: haven't thought about Aaron that can wait till okay. I give okay. him
0: more margaritas.
1: Yeah. Aaron's <laughs> thing, the biggest problem he has is confidence. Yeah. He you know, he'll run it, it's like you can just tell he's second guessing every decision he makes as a GM. You know, it's you can in his eyes. Every time he says something like "okay," you know, or he does a plot point, you can tell he's going, "Is that a good one? Am I doing this right?" Oh, I did. I, am. I is that the right role to make to, for having to have them make? And when it's over, you know, he stops and then looks at us with just entreaty in his eyes, just like, "Did you enjoy it? Was that was a, was good, a good,
2: good? Was I a good boy? <laughs> like, did I please you? Like, did I please you, master?"
1: Yeah. And of course, we say, "Yes, we had fun." That's like, are you sure? You you really did? Like, where to go? No, we're lying. You fucking suck. That I've never. That was the worst experience of my life. Worse even than my wisdom teeth extraction.
0: It's worth worse than that time in Nam when I stepped on a landmine. But you're a died. Highlander, Ross. Yeah.
4: But what what you mentioned something before the show that he tied it into that you didn't bring up yet?
1: Yes, thank you. I haven't gotten there yet. I was giving him a quick, just a quick okay. general style All right. critique. Now I will say what made this one interesting is it's running off Doctor Who, but he threw in a bit of another show that he likes and has a major fanboy hard-on for. Biker Mice from Mars? I wish it was that. No, that would have been interesting. Yeah. Well, actually, SWAT Cats would be a very good guess. He does have a major fanboy hard-on for that, too.
0: Honestly, what nerdy show that he doesn't have a fanboy hard-on for? Or fanboy on for? I don't know. Uh, but this exactly. one in particular was Quantum Leap. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was interesting. Wouldn't the Quantum Leap be kind of pointless when you have Doctor Who hanging around? It's like, hi. Well, this is, well he has a, this is. Do- this is the This is the Doctor
1: Sam Beckett after the sh- the series ended, where he pretty much. He's part of the time stream now. It can go anywhere he wants
0: whenever he wants. Okay. So yeah, exactly. How is quantum leap? And it be involved any help Russians.
1: It involved Russians trying to change the time stream too.
0: But you have Doctor Who. Why do you need quantum leap? You know, it's like you have Doctor Who. I mean, you know, he's Doctor Who. Who is he? Second base. <laughs> um, so anyway. Uh, um, yeah, that, that, that's... Anyway, so how did... It, well, the main thing is find out...
1: Okay, well... It was a good game. I will say, we had fun. Yeah. I am sure if he was doing it with any group that weren't his friends... Hostile not, strangers? Yeah, just, just hostile strangers. I'll say that. Fine. Yeah, that's good. I don't think he would... <laughs>
0: For those of you... Uh, we watched the riff tracks of the room yesterday, and there's a line in the room where it says, Oh, Lisa, you're so smart. You you invited all my friends. What a good plan to this party. What good, th- thinking. Well, good thinking. Good <laughs> thinking. And the, the mic turns in, Yeah, that's much better than your plan to invite hostile strangers to the party. <laughs> so let's go back to that. Anyways.
1: But, yeah, I, since we're his friends, and we are familiar with both of them, yeah, we like we had fun, and I think... I really think he has the he has the capacity to do with it to run a game, right, and do it well, right. If he can just get over his own insecurity about it,
0: okay. Which is,
1: which is, I'm sure I'm sure will be th- th- thoroughly tested when he's here running Call of Cthulhu for me, for you, and Cody and Cody and me, and yeah. uh, Jason, probably. Hopefully,
0: yeah. Um. But all right. Anyway,
3: so what, what were you going to say, Dan? Well, just. Referencing, I, I didn't quite put it together that Aaron goes through his, his, his it's like stammering when he's incredibly nervous. And so just so Aaron doesn't feel like that, we just dog on him all the time. I'm going to actually mention that I've been in quite a few games with Aaron recently. I've also seen Aaron interact with very attractive women recently. Yeah. And Aaron stammered a lot less while talking to the attractive girl than he did while gaming.
0: That's true. That's true. And yeah, Ross, we went to a hookah bar the other week and uh, Aaron showed up. So, yeah. Uh Ross, you were there. You could yeah. write. She was fairly yeah. attractive. No, she said that yeah, uh she was and uh she said that Aaron talked very efficiently. So, and she meant it as a compliment,
4: and I, you know, yes, yeah. she's,
0: she's kind of a um, granola. As, as
4: the only married guy here. Yeah. She didn't mean that as a compliment. Oh, uh, she was being nice. She
0: was, yeah, at it, least she, she was nice. She enough was, to she be was being
4: nice in that like you're my little brother kind of yeah. way. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, no, she
0: was like, well, she was like one of the employee's girlfriends. He so. was,
4: he was talking efficiently. That's, yeah, that's like the worst. Well, she's like, she was
0: a very granola kind of like in tune with the earth. Mother and all that kind of vibe. So, I but it yeah. was
3: just one of those things that you know, yeah, Aaron, you can do this. It's fine. You just gotta cut back and relax because that's what it seemed like. He was nervous, but you could tell that he was like, okay, I'm just rolling with this, and I'm gonna branch out a little, and it worked. So it's fine. You'll you'll survive, maybe.
5: Yeah,
1: but yeah, and he's been gaming for like eight years. Yeah, as a player. Right. He's run some stuff, you know, those were, he was running high school games, essentially.
0: Right. yeah, those are okay.
1: So I also think it's that if, if he'd also been regularly GMing in the subsequent eight years, I think he'd be a lot less nervous. Right. But that's essentially what he's got to work on if he's going to do this. So System-wise, and also I think he's really going to have to re- run a game where he's, he will, is willing to kill a player should the dice fall that way.
0: Yeah, no. I'm sure Cody and I will test that. I mean, we will. I read the book. I <laughs> I read the book again. <laughs> um, I go into the dark where I heard the screaming. So I I chase after. Oh, I dropped my flashlight. That's oh, okay.
1: I should also tell you. I think he thoroughly believes that he's most nervous about running the game with you, Ross. Oh yes, because he's he has it in his mind that you are the. You know the elitist gamer that,
0: like, like I'm like Aaron. That was just terrible. That was just. <laughs> I'll terrible. give him an honest critique. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. like you know be an asshole about it, but I will point out you know whatever weaknesses should they arise show up. Um, I'll. Admit- but I will admit I will compliment any strengths or you know good points too. So
4: uh, I'll admit that I was a little nervous whenever I was running the Gaidenverse. verse uh, games, just because I was like, oh, I haven't really run games for any of you guys before, but.
0: It was fun. I mean, I like the. Uh, um, I'm sure I must have thrown you a curveball when I was so adamant about preventing the guy from getting the magic item. Yeah, no, but that was okay, though. I yeah, mean, yeah.
4: You know, i i had I had fun running that. I mean, yeah, it was it was good. Hopefully, it'll get posted at some point.
0: Oh, it will. It's just again, like 20 after the mine apocalypse or whatever. So but uh, there will be nothing but trust else us, to do. As,
1: like, should the rant like should the ransom succeed? No, judge wink wink. Say no more. Uh, there will be, we will be record many several sessions of him running Call of Cthulhu. Yeah and they will be put up immediately won't they Ross
0: yeah no i will for the for, so the people contribute get the yes so so uh, if you want
1: to hear aaron run some runs some calla kathulu and uh yeah yeah uh, and and we'll also have the full critique session afterwards
0: that's true um so, let, let's move on now. We're talking a little bit about, uh, in anecdotes, uh, online, you know, at the beginning of the thing we had RJ talking about the uh, online gaming, tabletop gaming. Now, Dan and I have just had some experience with that a little bit. Um, Dan, you were talking about how
3: uh, you're t- normal, you, you're you playing a game that Johnny runs. Uh, yeah. So, go ahead and talk yes. about that. Um, so, yeah, John and his wife Katie have host a game over at their house, and John is the DM, and We've been. The group's kind of gone off and on with players fading in and out, and my work schedule during the week is completely horrible, and so sometimes I have to randomly cancel. Um, So, one of the things John has done is that he's open. He essentially started a Google document saying, This is what we're going to do this week since we missed the game, and just essentially was a document open for anybody to edit so that throughout the week, as we had time, we could actually talk about what we're doing in the diplomatic proceedings. And all I can say is I didn't contribute as much as I probably should, so I can't relate a whole lot as to what the experience was like, but I thought it was a great idea. I'd probably use yeah. it in the future. Um, using it to
0: complement. I mean, we should start updating the New World wiki more, so I'll, yeah, I'll stick I you mean, that thread. So you guys, you know, though, you fans out there especially. Um, you know. One of the
3: things I've always wanted to do is if I ever got a chance to – start a free a long term campaign, wink wink, nudge, nudge, San Diego listeners. Yeah. Is to set get a wiki set up so that we could keep track of the own story and that because I'm pretty terrible at forgetting plot points and making Unlike me. Like I, I Superman I levels of retconning necessary. Yeah. So so there's that but it was a very interesting unique experience and part of the other reason why I didn't contribute as much is although my character has the highest charisma he also has the lowest diplomacy
0: <laughs> so it balances out he's yeah. just mediocre
3: well no he's, he's a dwarf oh okay he's a dwarf with 16 in charisma is he a sorcerer no okay artificer what? oh okay so that I could use magic device like whoa
0: okay that makes sense uh, um so Google Documents allows collaborative editing, so multiple right even at the same time. so um, that's that's a really cool use for it now I've had a I actually you know uh, as I mentioned uh, reward for the Codex award contributors uh, i i'm I've started to run games over Skype. And map tools, online games. So I ran my first one, which is a Delta Green game. Uh, I used material from Targets of Opportunity. It was, took place in New Orleans, where Delta Green was facing a clan of ghouls called the DeMonte Clan. And they were bastards. And I ran for five players, including one who was in Britain. Um, and this will be posted on the Nerd Bound, uh, Bound podcast. Actually, uh, their fans are PPR, and uh, they'll post it sooner or later. Um, there's some technical difficulties, people jumping in and out of Skype, you know, having connection problems, everything. But it was really interesting to like, okay, you're going to meet these people on this bridge over the lake uh, near New Orleans, and it's like a 23 mile. It's an actual, bridge you know, 23 miles long. It's just flat. It's just straight in the middle of, you know you're on a bridge in the middle of a lake <laughs> imagine trying to get away from there and turn into a firefight obviously and um players I could actually pull up google maps so they could actually see where it was and I'd uh, say like oh shit that's a bad place to get into a firefight because there's no cover and there's nowhere to go other than the lake um so one, I actually killed one player, I rolled a natural uh, critical hit, uh, one on a percentile dice, which is about as good, a, that's best you can get on an attack roll in Call of Cthulhu, uh, with a ghoul with an AK-47, AK-47 firing a 10-round burst at a player. So given that AK-47s can kill a player in one or two shots and, you know, seven rounds hit, haha. <laughs> that player was dead. And I didn't even mean it. And that was his first game of Call of Cthulhu ever, so... Uh, I've learned that there's some other th- it's different than running a t- tabletop game. You, know, you can actually have text handouts posted, and you, everyone can read it at the same time. But I actually got material from Scott Glancy. Scott G- Glancy had 40 pages of material I could use to help promote that, so, or front scenario. So I didn't give him all of it, but like, the person's like, God damn, I thought I was going to play a game, not read a goddamn game. And um, so that was interesting. A to play yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the the you know having i realized now for handouts you can use websites as handouts you know to help immerse them and um map tools works and i'll have to learn more about that i was just using the dice roller i didn't use the grid or anything Um but it's it's different than running a traditional tabletop game because you have a little more time to think about and you can use the web and the internet to uh... you know make to immerse players in it so on the other hand like Every, if, when everyone talks at the same time, no one can hear one another, you know, because it, Skype is a little lower quality than real life voice. So, um, and comments a little slower, um, but it's it's really interesting. I'm probably going to run monsters and other childish things. Oh, by the way, my campaign road trip is that available for playtesting If you want to uh, play test that shit, uh, read through it. Uh, uh, I've posted it on the RPPR forums about that. So. Um, so yeah, uh, it's really cool. Now we have one last anecdote. This is well, from. Oh, sorry, go on, to, You
3: actually, I have played using map tools in three, five D and D with. Yeah, Matt of ran that.
0: That was actually you know we were all meeting together. Or were, were you in?
3: Yeah, where? Yeah, because Bill, myself, and was that John and Katie's place? Old yeah, place. it was at John and Katie's place, and I forget who the third one is, but we were the halfling brothers and the halfling sister. Yeah and. We yeah were, he was actually using the grid, which yeah, was really cool. he was using the grid, and i I don't know what your experience what that was, but I had fun uh, with it i I think it was a bit cumbersome and awkward I, that might have just been because of the sheer number of players we had. Well, it was everyone learning the new
0: system, and uh, but he had line of sight fog of war stuff in there, and you know actually it would have been just as time consuming doing it with an actual grid and everything so
3: I guess that just that tool like seems it. to be one of those things that if you're a DM that has a lot of time to invest up front um some hope you're yeah. really good at doing things on the fly because yeah especially with I, I, I couldn't imagine trying to use map tools with this group just as rapidly things can change well
0: don't use you don't need to use everything you can just use the chat and the dice roller you right. don't have to use the map the map is time consuming well like if you're going to do D&D you're going to need to use the map well, to run not effectively newer. you just do dinner party games you know where, uh, well then
3: you run one roll that's yeah. better for social interaction oh oh yeah, that's snap that's true yeah okay uh, one more anecdote Gotta yes
0: go. this is uh, from GP Olaf uh, dear RPPR crew, I'm re- writing this more as a means of therapy than any other reason. And I know as the constant voices in my heads, the dark gods of RPPR will look kindly upon me and strike down the player I'm about to elucidate tell, on. Tell us your problems. Uh, before we go any further examining the appalling qualities of this Good. player, I must point out that he is an extremely nice person. Just a shitty, shitty, shitty player. Three shitties there. Um, it all began years ago. Me and my regular group were just starting up. We played a variety of games from AD&D second edition to Judge Dread. The RPG and RuneQuest. <laughs> at this time, was he was much. a. Pr- yeah, there is a Judge Dredd RPG. I own it. In- I, okay. I,
1: I got like it. I got it at Boneheads. <laughs> I got it at
0: Boneheads. Remember that There's place. There's
3: a Sailor Moon RPG, of course. There's a Judge. Yeah,
0: Strat that's RPG. true. Uh, at the time, he was a perfectly normal player, creating characters that seemed fair enough, and he'd not yet been bitten by the min-maxing bug. Uh, then one day he comes along and said he bought Star Trek, the next generation RPG. Never been a GM before, but I figured he was a serious Trekkie and at least knew his stuff. We, well, he knew a lot about Star Trek, but nothing about running the game. He allowed two of us to create our own characters, but he had pre-made a PC for a third player because he had this totally awesome concept. He just had to let somebody play as this. led to a Vulcan medical officer with no combat combat capability at all, a human engineer who was only allowed to make his roles to jerry-rig the ship, and nothing else. And his pre-made character... He had that in all caps, that's why I yelled. Yeah. Uh, and his pre-made character, a human who had been brought up by the Klingons so he can combine the merits of the Klingons, and the human with barely any downside. So by the beginning of the game, all the three players were pissed off. Two of us had about 12 gerps points to build our characters. The others had absolutely no input input into his bloodlusting tank character. The game <laughs> began in the first 10 minutes. We were treated to a great cutscene where our players were almost destroyed by the Romulans, and the captain was killed. All this took place in vivid detail with absolutely no possible input from the players. All three were contacted by command who proceeded to put all three of us in command of the ship. All three. So we asked if that meant whatever special came up, we were to give orders. No. All three of us had to ratify every decision before the crew would do it. (laughs) This totally compromised most of the roleplay between the Vulcan and Klingon human after two hours because we couldn't bear not doing anything as our ideologies clash.
3: Uh, veto power is very important, Ross. (laughs) Cody is
0: just literally... The mouth is a gamp. You know, just like, oh.
4: Yeah, no, uh, like... I wish I wish I could post my face cuz that's just the most <laughs> rid- like <gasps> I can't even fathom gasping. just how retarded that is. All,
0: the rest of the game consists of us flying into Romulan-neutral territory and declaring war because the GM told us we did, and breaking into some Romulan secret bunker. The only time we got to roll any dice was when he told us of this really cool idea, and he thought we should try, like, you know it would be awesome if you turn your phaser to the highest setting and board a tunnel into the mountain? Or, You know it would be awesome if you jerry rake the ship's engine and fly at warp 30? And uh, we were never told any. We were never in any really danger because the GM always had some ridiculous plan that, well, that he devised in order to save us. Well, that that is Star Trek. I mean, you know, he wasn't yeah. a fan of free will. Um, I'm <laughs> told there was one other session of the Star Trek RPG by the other players, but I have no actual memory of such a game. I obviously blanked it out of my mind. Needless to say, it involved destroying. Um, A Borg armada by blowing up a sun and riding the supernova to safety in the first 20 minutes. Stargate did that. Stargate did it. In the first 20 (laughs) minutes. after this failed attempt at GMing, he returned to us as a player, but changed, as, uh, but as a changed man. After creating his totally awesome PC for Star Trek, he realized he could and indeed should try to make all of his characters like this. This led to classics like the Dwarf Artillers and Warhammer Fantasy Roleplaying System, who never got anywhere near our artillery. Just has to see his handheld bombs in every enclosed area he could find and being tougher naked than any of the characters in full play. Uh, my personal favorite was his ninja gnome in D&D 3.5 who started off as a useful rogue and then became totally useless as he multiclassed into illusionist. We already had a balanced party, now we just had a lower level rogue and a crap illusionist where we always thought we had a sorcerer to cover the spells. Still, he didn't last long. One day, whilst he wasn't there, he, we were using his character as an NPC and disintegrated him. Whoops! So, I don't think that was an accident at all. <laughs> but he didn't care because his other terrible vice. He was only interested in his character for 20 minutes and then he got fed up with him. He just disposes of them in totally facile ways. It ways. Uh, in his in our New World game that started in September, after begging me to let him, as a girlfriend who had never played before, play as the only psionics in the New World, he decided to deliberately open a door coded in contact poison in the third session to create a new character lumbering his gaming version of a girlfriend to try and phantom the complete psionics handbook, which nobody had, nobody but he had read. The new character was Trent the Untouchable, a fighter, but more importantly to the player, a tactician in quote marks. Being a tactician seems to involve faking an intelligence of 20, creating a new knowledge tactics, and rolling a dice so I can then say, well, there's some hills over there so you can put archers on them. <laughs> he put them on the hill and they all died because uh, he did everything but shout, hey, we're over here, we're over here. <laughs> um, time moved on and Trent bought himself a plus five flaming burst keen bastard sword and a wyvern. Yes, he bought a wyvern and he had the dragonborn in the party train it so he could ride it around. And this would all be fine if characters had any idea of person any kind of personality but they're all just a set of numbers of him preferably numbers that are much higher than everybody else's cuz that's the point of gaming having higher made up numbers than the other players um that was my little aside to be fair though he did have one character trait that shared by every other single character he'd ever tried by then uh, sly roguing scheming vampires or si- silent assassin they all the they all basically have the same moral code as a paladin so they're all Aaron. <laughs> which leads to the actual reason for emailing our PPR today. Similar to Ross's new world game, the players had discovered vampires in the sewer in the colony and confronted them. Their leader put up a spirit of defenses to them being treated as slaves by Axe And since the, he controlled their food, the vampires had to do what he said. The party took a vote. And everybody, but Trent decided to leave them just now and try and find a way to help them. Preferably by not feeding them farmers. After this democratic vote, Trent still charges the vampires who promptly vanished, leaving him to fight a tame Umber Hulk. The wizard in the party teleported him away. And the party left back. He went back to the castle, hoping the player would calm down by the next session. That's good advice, you know. Yeah. Calm down next session. He didn't. <laughs> Whilst all I love the that voice.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm oh, sorry, Ross. That's the voice. And all that was left was a bloody stump. <laughs> yeah,
0: then like, yeah. A flashlight in the face. You know. And
4: then he found out he was a zombie.
0: <laughs> Whilst. All the whilst all the other characters were sleeping, Trent he does say whilst. I'm not making That's that up. Okay. I I, I just want to make sure you believe me. Uh, I do. whilst all the other characters were sleeping, Trent went to visit the crusaders in the colony and told them the four words that almost the campaign employed. I tell them everything. <laughs> there wasn't a lot I could do to help the players. The crusaders marched round to the PC's castles with traitorous Trent and threatened to arrest him. The PCs have to think on their feet and teleport to some mountaintop with Trent and proceed to kill Trent, then bring him back and kill him again. And the wizard takes him to Potifex because Trent had been working for him. Yes, you can work for a lich, but trying to help a vampire is evil. <laughs> so, who put him in a tiny little box and sets him to the task of recording all of history forever? <laughs> Potifex in that campaign is a dick. Uh,
4: As if he's not an arcane. He's a
0: knight. Well, he has his reasons. Okay? Yeah, okay. Like Are you... you a
4: good lich? Are you a good lich? Or a bad? Uh, but
0: whilst the players uh, go off to another table, chuckling about all of their new concept for characters uh the rest of the players have to while he goes off chuckling about his new concepts for characters <laughs> the players have to deal with the fallout and quickly realize because there's an army heading towards the colony the only that only they know about eventually in order to be uh, decriminalized the the players are forced to drive mordecai insane and replace him with an evil priest who they've been nurturing and promptly turned into the new hitler with the colony now we're under a fascist theocracy
4: and that was the best case scenario <laughs> That sounds about right. right. (laughs) Uh, This is eerily having uh, some sort of mirrors to ours in strange ways. Not exactly the same, but you know, we're, we're not quite that bad, but still.
0: I like this next one, though. All of his concepts, by the way, consist of a class. And a weapon. (laughs) Such as assassin with a rapier of puncturing, or ranger dual wielding sun swords, or paladin with a holy avenger. Even though we know there's always been a rule that new PCs can't buy named weapons with starting money. Anyway, this rant is probably too far along to be read out. Haha, you're wrong. There, <laughs> uh, I feel it should be only uh, 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 if only to warn other gamers that if nice people can can still be equal dicks as players. Keep it the great work and uh, really high quality both the actual plays and episode. Thanks. P.S. I won't even go into his non-ethnic dojo master in our gritty Vampire the Requiem game. Jesus.
4: Yes. I love
0: the l- little racing like oh he's our dojo
4: master but he's not from a particular ethnicity or something. Yeah so. he's just a blank slate. Yeah exactly. It's a mannequin. Yeah. <laughs> I I would like to I would like to hear more uh, um, New World um, anecdotes. Like, yeah, like uh, other people playing games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to hear more about that. I wish more people would send stuff in. Hint, 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 yeah. hint.
0: Yeah, post about it on our forums. So our I, awesome
3: forums. I have a question. Yeah, is our New World setting like New World Prime? If someone ends <laughs> our New <laughs> World, yes. If someone ends our New World, do all other New World games just suddenly vanish?
0: Ooh. Whoa, no way, no way. <laughs> um, that's the thing we've been doing. It's in going the it's, year it, 2083. It's so. going nowhere, yeah. no, it, it never will go away. Um, so I guess that that kind of wraps up this little episode. Unless anybody else has any fine words, Dan, you can have the last speaks and
3: speech since you're you're going away forever. Wow, this not. is this is quite the honor. I mean, usually Cody is the one that chimes in. With
5: Time's some... up. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: i'm the one actually recording this so you, you you know i'm the one who actually pushes the button so dan go on
3: <clears throat> it's been a great run guys i really enjoy being part of this i really hope that you guys win an award this year because i think you deserve it
0: yeah at the innies <laughs> i submitted again to the innies because i obviously giving them 10 bucks and so they can tell us we're not good enough is you
3: know and if and if you guys, if you honestly start skyping in RJ, and then you don't try to find a way to get me involved, I think I'll be offended.
0: No, I'll, I'll <laughs> be running more online games, you know. Um, so you'll be back.
3: Yes. Well, hopefully, uh, maybe. Well, I don't. I don't want to come back with all of my credit maxed out and having to work minimum wage part time just to keep the bills paid. But yeah, I'd like to think I'd be back someday. All right.
0: Foreshadowing.
3: <laughs> Foreshadowing.
0: Okay then. Uh, anything. All right. So no. we'll see you next time.